The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi and welcome to episode 56 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Quick turnaround and this episode is going to be quite lopsided because I'm buggering off on holiday. But I'm Jack and I'm joined as usual by KC. Hello. Well, we'll get straight on with it. Barnsley away. Uh, not Never a happy hunting ground, but that's two wins in a row there, which I believe Dalton tweeted out is the first time we've ever won at Oakwell twice in a row. 2-0 win. I thought it was a pretty good game, to be honest. Yeah, it was uh, fairly end-to-end. Uh, I think we created the better chances, but there was always a threat there from Barnes that kind of had to keep us on our toes. Uh, like a lot of teams so far this season, they they look to press us from the first kick pretty much. And I, th- I think the thing for Barnes is I think they've got the forward line for it. I just don't think they've got the midfield for it to kind of back that up. No, well, uh, in the preview, we mentioned that they might struggle for pace in the middle of midfield because Mowat's one of them. Yeah, yeah, I think that. I think that's the thing for Barnsley, kind of having the only, and admittedly the only two games I've watched are the opening day and this one. And I I feel, I think they've got a good front line, but I I, I think they've got a very, very suspect defense and and not the strongest midfield. No, it's like, to be honest, for in this game, I was quite impressed with Barnsley. I mean, before we get onto the lead stuff, just like, and it's mainly because when you looked at their stats going in, I wasn't expecting the kind of performance they put in. I mean, I know a lot of teams have pressed us early, but most of them have run out of steam by half an hour in. And they were able to keep it up until sort of 75, 80. Yeah, you've you got to give them the credit for that. That You know, clearly, again, that's that's the plan they went in with. And, and it wasn't a case of kind of riding it out till half-time and then, then changing it. They they looked to do it for pretty much the whole game. Yeah, uh, they had a few chances. Uh, click Casilla maybe had to make five or six about four or five saves of a decent standard, but Leeds did have the better chances. Like, I mean, the, the main one that comes to mind in the first half is Harrison's one right on stroke at half-time from a corner, which was an absolute sitter. Yeah, especially when you see the defender just shrivel up into a ball as he lashes that shot. Hernandez had a good opportunity as well, uh, which I think he'll be disappointed not to have done better with that he put over the bar. Yeah, and uh, Bamford had one about three minutes in from that, good pass from Shackleton where he got in down right yeah. channel obviously Harrison missed that chance and he got subbed off at half time and it has to be said he had a he had a poor game he gave ball away an awful lot as well he uh, like I think two of Barnsley's chances came from him giving ball away in a bad position yeah not not his not his best outing but you'd imagine going forward it's probably it wasn't that bad of a game where he's gonna I don't think he'll get dropped for it but yeah, it, it definitely needed the changes, and it was good to see uh, good to see Costa come on at halftime, and and his pace definitely helped out. He did a good job. He was at times dropping in deep and and kind of helping out when Barnsley were pushing forward, but just just that extra bit of pace, and I I, I think he is he does have that next level of creativity about him that opened up a few more chances for us. Yeah, well, within the first ten minutes, he'd had obviously he'd got in behind for the disallowed goal. And I again, I haven't, I still haven't seen a replay of it. And on the red button, you want to get one camera angle, but he did look offside. It looked like Alioski waited too long to play the pass. 
Yeah, so, same for me here. I was, uh, if I, I can't remember which stream it was I was watching because it wasn't on ESPN. Because I, I did end up, I, I lied to everyone at the end of the last podcast, I actually ended up waking up about 10 minutes into the game, so I just ended up watching it anyway. But yeah, semi end didn't really get the angle for it. it just But going off the commentary, it sounded like... Uh, yeah, it sounded like it was an offside. As you mentioned commentary, did whatever stream you have have Rob Palmer commentating? I had, for the most part, the LUTV stream. Ah, oh, right, because Rob Palmer was... He had an off day. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, really. And commentating by yourself is much, much harder than doing it as a pair. Because you don't get to yeah. stop, take a breather while they... You know, do while you have a co-commentator giving some analysis or something like that, you are just going. But God, it must have been ten times he said, "And here's Forshaw, who wasn't playing." <laughs> the wor- the most egregious example. There was one where he went, and Adam Forshaw ruled out with a hip injury late on, so Jamie Shackleton playing in his place. And then ten seconds went by, and he went, "And here's Forshaw." <laughs> Forshaw on the brain. Yeah, he just. I think that he must have, instead of writing down the actual lineup at the start of the game, I think he must have had a predicted lineup instead that had Forshaw yeah. in it in the centre mid position, and he just kept saying it. Uh, and he also was on about the good play of Stuart Douglas. <clears throat> the worst one, there was one point where he, he called Pablo Hernandez Woodrow, which not only is that the wrong position, it's the wrong fucking team. <laughs> it's. Yeah, he had a bad day of it. Well, as you mentioned, commentary. But uh, the second half was better. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, it definitely needed the introductions of, of Costa at halftime and then and Ketchy came on after about 15, 20 minutes. I think it was... I think the sub was made in the 70th minute, if I remember rightly. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, he got the last 20 minutes and again, he just... It made a nuisance of himself, and it, again, he just he forces defenses to play a little bit deeper, caused that little bit more of a threat, and yeah, was re- was rewarded with a goal. Yeah, good finish, decent, good bowling from Calvin Phillips as well. Who, in the first half, I know that Harrison should have scored from one of his corners, but in the first half, his set pieces worked great. In the second half, they were consistently better, and mm. got a reward for it. And then obviously, Inketi won the penalty as well. Just. Difference in pace. I mean, yeah, did, him running up against Apo Halmer, it's like a professional footballer running up against me. <laughs> it's if you were thinking in fee, in football manager terms, you'd have pace seven versus pace eighteen. You'd be very generous with your pace. I mean, Apo Halmer, mine's two. Okay, oh, okay, oh, fair enough. I've told you, there's only one professional footballer ever that I've been quicker than, and that's Matt Heath. <laughs> oh, come on to Matt Heath in one of my articles soon. Yay. <laughs> No, um, Cannot wait. Yeah, uh, obviously he won the penalty, got in. Halmer just swung a leg and booted him. It was a little bit like the foul on Stuart Dallas against Forrest that wasn't given, where the play- yeah. defender just doesn't know he's there and takes a swing. Yeah, good. and it's quite nice that, we, that we've not had to wait too long into a season for a penalty decision. Yeah, we've been turned down for a few we should have had, but it hasn't taken nearly as long this time. And they've finally listened to not just us, we're not the only ones who've been saying it, everyone, that clicks should be on penalties. And and have you ever seen a more casual penalty? I haven't seen many. There's Lyle Ta- Have you seen Lyle Taylor's for Charlton? I haven't, no. Well, hopefully we don't see it when we play him, but they, uh, he like walks from the edge of the box to take it. 
It's not a stuttering run-up. It's just he walks up to the ball. It's really casual. <laughs> yeah, click, uh, click with a nice stroll up to the ball and just very uh, about as calm as you'd like, just passes it into the into the opposite corner. Yeah. Have you seen that still image going around Twitter of the moment he strikes the ball? And then someone <laughs> zoomed in on his face. <laughs> That's a great picture. Just not not really that bothered. Just calm. Seemed not really to be thinking about anything. Yeah. It's almost like he'd switched off. Yeah. Uh, just to get it out of the way, by the way, I went negative on this and it ha- and it worked 1-1. One, one, and you had us winning 2-0. So you're ahead 13-7 yeah. now. Uh, but the, oh, hey. the main talking points out of that, uh, first, Nketiah and Costa. Would you start one or both in the next game? Uh, you've definitely got to look at starting Costa at some point. I think it's going to take a lot for Bielsa to not start Bamford. And I think I think one of the issues with being a forward is if you, if you can come off the bench and score goals, then it only kind of reinforces that almost that you are an impact player. Mm. Um. But yeah, I can see, I could definitely see a need for for Costa to come in for a couple, at least for a couple of games and give him the chance. Because um, again, it just it just seems daft at this point that we've we've got this player who, all right, he's only on loan this season, but I dare say we're still playing a large amount of money for him to play half of a game. Well, I mean. They've already agreed the permanent deal, and generally speaking, when it's an agreed deal, you're paying all his wages pretty much straight away. Yeah, so... It's... Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about about time Costa started a game. Yeah, I have to admit, I I agree. I'd be tempted by starting both, but I would definitely start Costa ahead of Harrison in the next game. Yeah, and... Again, it it just gives you something a little bit different. You know, the extra bit of pace, uh, a little bit more trickery. I know Harrison is a very hard-working player, and, and, and I know that kind of plays into Bielsa's, uh, Bielsa's teams a little bit. But, yeah, I think at some point you have to kind of unleash Costa and, and give him that run. There's, there's only so much that these sub-appearances and, and under-23 appearances are going to do for him. Yeah, uh, the other one from a Leeds point of view that I think is interesting is... and. Shackleton played well in this game, but it really did seem, in terms of having control of a game, that we really missed Adam Forshaw. Yeah, I think you, me, and everyone else has kind of noticed again that Forshaw's taken that step up so far this season and has done a good job retaining possession, you know, holding the ball up, making good passes. You know, it was going to be a tough, a tough ask for someone to step up and, and fill that role completely and yeah like you say Shackleton's had a good game but he you know I think for sure is something of a a bit of a midfield general in that regard he's got the experience at this level and that's that's always gonna be tough to tough to replace when someone like him's out yeah I think because Shackleton's instinct is get on the ball and drive forward with it it just left gaps in midfield that aren't normally there and it just it, I think it was the main contributing factor to it being such a frenetic game. For the first hour, it was there was times where it was like both teams were playing one man in midfield. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know when you've got Alex Mowat has never been 
a particularly defensive-minded player, so he's always looking to push forward. Um, and even Calvin Phillips, even in a holding role, he'll he'll still play higher up the field as well. And I, th- and I think one of the good things about Forshaw is that there are times when Phillips will step up and Forshaw will instinctively drop in and, and kind of cover a little bit more. Whereas, like you say, Shackleton is, is typically an attack-minded player. But, you know, again, it's, it's the sort of game where where we should have been looking to be on the front foot a bit more anyway. So I, d- I don't blame Shackleton for, for playing that way. Oh, no, there's no blame. It's just different sorts of players. It results in different things. But it, I think the best explanation of what Forshaw does for Leeds was seeing it when he's not there. Yeah, and I think one of the things was... He he went through a bad spell last season, and again, I think we pointed out a couple of times that Nottingham Forest game when that I think that was kind of the epitome of his of his bad patch. But all of that bad patch was when he was playing in Phillips as well. Yeah, that's we did. I mean, we did say a few times last season he's fine as an eight. You just wouldn't want him playing deep. Yeah, and it turns out he's been better than fine as an eight. He's actually been good, and, and sometimes yeah, really good. I think I think his range of, of passing is is you know it's been more appreciated this season than last season. I think we've seen a few more times when he's hitting those long balls out to to Harrison on on the left hand side, and I think he's picked out some great passes. And whereas I think Shackleton, I've not really seen that sort of long distance passing out of him. Like you say, he looks to press forward with the ball, play short passes and, and carry on moving up the field. Yeah, but obviously that is a really good result. Returns us to the top of the league. Good. Which is, you know, you can't ask for more than that at this stage. Uh, as I say, it's a weird podcast because that's the only game we've played. There's not much news and then with four games to preview. So, yeah, but, uh, well... I don't know if you've even had a chance to see the highlights as of yet, because I unfortunately didn't get to see the game. But the 23s won 6-0 on Monday. No, literally uh, Monday when I was out, I, li- I literally tuned in as the final whistle was blown. But we were just trying to keep up with the game on Twitter, and which which is quite nice, because I think, I think we all saw Watford's Twitter account saying Luke Ayling, who has started over 100 senior games for Leeds. <laughs> Has come on, yeah. They were getting quite salty. Yeah, well, as uh, as Mr. Wilson pointed out on the club's Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a, a fantastic response. Yeah, um, a good cho- good choice of gift to uh, to respond to Watford. Yeah, you know, but it's, I did actually respond to the because Bet three six five posted all the players, and it was like, oh, it was basically taking like the piss going. You know, Ailing played, and but he's been injured all season. Douglas, he's just been injured. And they also named, like, oh, it's got Bogarts in it. Well, Bogarts, who's 18 and has played, like, fucking one senior start. <laughs> yeah. Berardi, I'll give him. <laughs> Berardi, yeah, fair enough. But no, uh, 6-0 win. Look at Watford playing Sam Dolby. Whoa. Yeah. Could never be I'm my club bastard. playing Sam Dolby in the 23s. Wait. <laughs> uh, no, um, but yeah, six nil strike, and Kettier got two. One of them a penalty. Roberts also got a penalty. Robbie Gotts and then Luke Ayling. Luke goal and assist for Ayling within thirty minutes of coming back, which is pretty decent. And both penalties were won by Stuart McKinstry. Yeah, good. You know, good to see one of the 
one of the Carlisle players coming in, getting a you know doing well in a game. It's, it just shows that at least he's getting into good attacking areas. The uh, the one the one bit of the game I did actually see. I'm going to let you get to the end of this before I correct you and stop everyone getting a. Was McKinstry not one of the Carlisle players? No. Okay. Where's he from? Stuart McKinstry we signed from Motherwell. I can understand oh, how you enough. mixed them up because Liam McCarran is the one you're thinking of. Ah, there you go. They have got relative. They have got fairly similar <laughs> names. There you go. Just mixing up my Scotsman. That'll. Uh, well, McCarran might not even be Scottish. To be fair, just going off the name. I don't think he is, but with the name McCarran, could be. Yeah, the one uh, the one bit of the game I did see was Robbie Gotts's goal, which was ailing, breaking down the right hand side, really pushing forward. Gotts just hanging back on the edge of the penalty area. Simple pullback and a nice strike from Gotts. Yeah, it's good to see Gotts has kind of made this progression over the last year of starting, you know, going from right back to uh, holding midfielder to centre mid and getting himself up the field now. Yeah, I really like Gotts. I'm dying for him to finally get his first team debut. Because it's, it's somewhat ridiculous now. Like, he's been on bench about 16 times. Yeah, not even... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, especially now that the ailings back with and Berardi's can be fit. There are the options there at right back, so you know you would probably look at him featuring more as one of the centre mids. But I think you know, unfortunately for him, we're, we're pretty well stocked in both those areas. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why it's a shame we got knocked out of League Cup because I would have liked to have seen him get a go. Uh, the next twenty threes games on Friday, and it's got moved to one o'clock. We're away at Hull. Policing. Yeah, you know they have to keep the trouble. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully, hopefully can catch some of that. It's actually, uh, oh no, well, actually, not a chance. Uh, I think I think I'll be travelling to work, so I'll watch it on my phone. The first half, second half in office, hopefully. Uh, and then a couple of hours ago, just before we got done, uh, Leeds City Council have agreed to sell the old Matthew Murray site to Leeds, which is useful. Uh, build the new training ground and quote a community sports hub. So it looks as if they're going to have a lot of it open to the public. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be um, similar to. I know down at the at the Keep Motor Doncaster, they've they've got a number of turf fields there that get used by the club's academy and also get rented out. So I wonder if it's going to be a similar sort of thing to that. It sounds like it's something like that. I had a quick scan through, and it said that the club are looking to build world class facilities. With you know high performance pitches, gyms, nutrition facilities, medical rooms, all of that stuff. But he said it will be a, tra- a category one status academy, but that Good. it will also be available to like young people in the inner city. And I I don't know if it's something that we talked about on here or whether we just talked about it like back when you were in the country. But you know stuff like Fabian Delph having to get free buses to get to Far Parch and stuff like that. Once it's closer to the city centre, you can get there from anywhere relatively local. Yeah, you know, it makes it so much easier. And in most pe- in most cases, people can probably get the train and then get a bus there. Yeah, you'll be able to do it in one bus or one train from pretty much anywhere in our catchment area. Yeah, which, which is going to make life a lot easier. I do like in the statement, there's some, for whatever reason, and I know you have to, you know, in these, in these sorts of statements, you have to use the full word. But whenever I see gymnasiums, it does make me think of a of a big barrel-chested man in a black and white film lifting, you know, metal bar with two round weights on the end, and then he's about to, you know, show up like a strong man in a circus or something like that. I don't know why. You see, that's not what I think of. I just think game. What's a game? What's a game? 
Oh, again. I've just realised because this is this is recorded through Skype. Although that was absolutely dead on for Unity, it probably won't be. So we'll have to fuck about. <laughs> we'll have to fuck about to get those to line up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good though that you know at least we've now got the opportunity to kind of take the next step on on the new training ground, and you know I think like you say, you know I think it goes to the next level. We start kind of weighing everything up but what facilities we can fit onto that site and i think it, it will yeah you know, i wonder how long it'd be or you'd be looking at something like this opening in three years something like that i would think uh it did say in the same that there's once this all gets sorted because it's still to be full get final approval but then from then there's like 12 mm. months exclusivity for leads to do surveys and things like that to check that the place is yeah. fit for it and then there's another 12 months for all the planning applications and stuff like that. So it's that's two years. So you'd think probably four. Yeah. Before it's all done. But, um, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's always going to be a shame once it, once we eventually make that move to, or move away from Thorpe Arch, because I think it still represents a lot of the good about you know, Leeds United, you know, I, th- I think it will be sad that essentially this is the place that Howard Wilkinson's vision built. We, you know, you think of a lot of the players that have come through. Um, but again, if we, if we want to compete for the best young players and we are looking to get back to the Premier League, the, these are the things that you need. Oh yeah. You have to have a category one academy. If, if we're going to compete at that level, you have to have a category one academy because, and without wanting to be awful, as much as I don't like all the uh, EPPP rules and stuff like that, you have to be, become, if you can do it, you need to become one of the Category 1 guys because if they're going to nick players for no money, you want to be one of the ones doing the nicking. Yeah. I'll ask you this, que- I'll ask you this question. It's, like, it's, it's vaguely on the topic. As, as a fellow football manager player, at the end of each season, does Andrea Radrazzani tell you that he's going to... In- upgrade the facilities to make it a category one but never actually does yeah pretty much constantly (laughs) it's happened on the last two games every single see andrea just sort it out mate yeah (laughs) whereas irl he's actually done that built as a category two academy uh, training ground now yeah just to Uh, troll everyone maybe we can look over a fence and find out what facilities derby have got speaking of derby (laughs) uh Coming up on Saturday, half twelve kickoff live on Sky. So it's another early one for you. You gonna get up? Um, what time's my game on it's Saturday? It's probably on the SPN if it's on Sky, isn't it? Uh, there's a very good chance. Yeah, it'll be half twelve. So that's what four thirty kickoff. Oh God. Even without without thinking about what time my game is later that day. That's very early. Um, it's doable, though. My game's not till 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Ah, so you've time to have another sleep after if you need it. Yeah, I'm just getting the ESPN app open now. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah, I should be able to get up for that. Cool. Well, then 19th, seven points from seven games. Not one in six. Philip Cock, who's under a little bit of pressure by the sounds of it, it was a strange appointment for him. Because, uh, like, he was really good at PSV. But when he went to Fenerbahce, he nearly got him relegated. That's impressive with Fenerbahce. Yeah, like I, I think in the end they sort of got up to lower mid-table, but it, there was bottom at league in like February. 
I don't know how you manage that in Turkey. Yeah, I think it was a joint effort. It was him and I think their director of football was a, you know, can you remember Damien Camoli? Yes, from Liverpool. Yeah, I think it was him buying all the players and I don't think either one of them had any idea about the Turkish league or what it entailed. No, well, that's right. I mean, Philip Koku, I've not really kept up with his coaching career. I always remember him as a, as a very good player. He was, you know, always an integral part of the of the Dutch team in sort of the late 90s and into the early 2000s. Cocker will, will Cocker have been in that Barcelona side that hammered us 4-0 at the new camp in Champions League? Ooh. I yeah. think he was in that side. Let's have a look. Yeah. This is a good thing about doing this through a laptop that I can do this and just pretend that but I'm not just know all these things. on it. Yeah, but I'm not waffling away to uh, to make time. 48 years old, knew that off the top of my head. Um, yeah, he was, yeah, Barcelona, 98 to 2004. Ah, cool. I'm glad that didn't make that up. That's such a funny career path. PSV, Fenerbahce, Derby. Yeah. And don't be talking about paths and Derby, it's a sore spot. Yeah, oh, Christ. But it was a public path, mind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Derby have, for the most part, retained... A decent squad. I know, obviously, they le- they lost Tamari and, and Mount. And Harry Wilson as well. Oh, yeah. Did they have Roberts as well? Or was that someone else? Which Roberts? Was it Patrick Roberts? No, uh, Patrick Roberts was... I think last year he was at Girona. Oh, Christ. All right, uh, fair enough. He's at Norwich now. He was at Celtic before that. Yeah, okay. Oh, well. There you go. I'm just plucking names out now. Yeah. <sighs> They're the weird squad that I, the previews will be a bit shorter than normal because we've four to get through. But uh, by the looks of it, this season they've normally been four three three, but they've been four two three one on a couple of occasions. It's like Kellerus in goals, okay. Uh, at the back, Jaden Bogle's a good young right back. He'll he's going to be a good player. Uh, they've still got Kirkhead Richard Keogh, not literally. <laughs> Thank you. For the benefit of lawyers, not literally, he just looks like one. And they've been pairing him with Christian Bielik, who they've paid like £10 million for. Uh, I really wanted us to sign him until I found out it was £10 million. Mm. You know, it's a decent team. Although yeah. I'm seeing here that Tom Lawrence is suspended for getting, what, we seven games in? Yeah, seven and games in. he's already in. got five yellow. Five yellow cards. Uh, they signed Graham Shinney off Aberdeen, who was one at highest rated centre mids. He's also played left back in Scotland. Uh, he's sort of like he took on the mantle of being of like of a uh, John McGinn, you know, of being okay. the, the highest rated, the like high rated midfielder that wasn't at Celtic or Rangers. But from what I've seen of him, he's yeah. not nearly as good as McGinn. No, uh, they've they've got Kieran Dowell as well, who's a good attacking mid, and he did quite well when he was at Sheffield United. Uh, but their main strengths are up front because they've got well, obviously Lawrence is suspended now, but Waggon and Marriott. Above decent players. Although Waggon's a bit iffy. And I, yeah. I, I obviously, I really rate Jack Marriott. Always, I've, I've done for ages. Uh, Mason Bennett might well come in and he's quite good. And they've still got that Joseph Zoon as well and he's alright. Yeah, I mean, that's a t- it's a team that shouldn't be in that position. I'm, I, you know, I know, I know they've lost some key players. So I, so I wouldn't say they should be finishing as high as they did last year. But, you know, that, that team should be performing better than 19th. Yeah. Uh, we don't really go through who scored because that's uh, that's more of a square balls gimmick. But uh, I did notice it on theirs today when I was just looking through their goal scorers. Their strengths and weaknesses, according to them, strong, creating long shot opportunities. And then weaknesses, 
Weak at finishing scoring chances, defending against skillful players, protecting the lead, stopping opponents from creating chances, avoiding individual errors, and very weak at defending counter-attacks. So they're not having a great season. <laughs> I like the idea of creating long-shot opportunities. That's just dribbling in the other team's half. That's basically saying our strength is an Ill- inability to break teams down. <laughs> <laughs> Although to be fair, I, I don't know if you watched match of the day this this weekend. They, they, you know they could have done with someone like Tamari in the team after that uh, Belter he scored against Wolves. Oh, that was an unbelievable goal! That it was weird. He hit, hit it with that much curl that Patricio set off in the other direction at first. <laughs> it's it's such an odd way to hit that shot because it was relatively central. It was. It probably didn't curl as much, but it was almost Beckham-esque in as, in as much as you'd expect him to hit a shot like that, like from a free kick. But to hit a shot that's essentially curling away from goal, was just it was such an odd way to hit that, because normally you used to just central players putting their foot through it. Yeah. But yeah, it's so one thing you've actually got to look at, as much as I never want to give Chelsea any praise. It's quite nice to see the three young English lads getting goals, getting all the goals in that game. It just says a lot that it took a, it took literally a transfer ban for it to happen. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, because of who them, I mean, I already hated Chelsea and I hate him even more now. He's in charge. Yeah, the problem with the derby game being on Sky, of course, is that we're going to have to listen to him all bang on about Spygate again. Spygate in the playoffs semi-finals. I don't mind them banging on about the playoff semi-final. That is at least something on the pitch that happened. I, I, well, yeah, I just don't want to be reminded of it. But yeah, the Spygate stuff is—it's just—it was all you know. It was old hat two weeks after it happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna rear its ugly head. I'm gonna be positive and say we win this. I'm gonna say three-one. I'm gonna steal your score. Hmm. I'm not sure what to go for for this. I because we did well when I didn't predict a win. I kind of don't want to predict a win, but I also think that we'll win. <laughs> we sh- we the way that both teams are playing, we should have enough to win this game. And I only rate two of their back four, mm. so I, I'm going to say we win two nil. Yeah, uh, seems about right. Go cool. T- looking at the weaknesses. You think team we could score six against? Solid 2-0 win. Yeah, that's that's probably what we like. Uh, we've then got Charlton away the next Saturday, which I will be able to watch on LUTV because I'll be in Tenerife. On his jollies. Yeah, so I can... Sorry. I don't need a VPN to get on LUTV. Yeah. They're, they're third in league with 14 from seven. Uh, I think they, they did get beat in the last game, that was the first time they've lost, but Lee Boy is doing a really good job there. Although it does have to be said that when you look at their statistics, it's a bit like Swansea. They're a bit lucky to be where they are by the sounds of it. Mm. I think the one, the one thing you've got to give Boyer credit for is is the job he's done given the ownership situation at Charlton. Because you look at the mess they've been in for the last three, four years, maybe even a bit longer than that, uh, and it's been awful. Yeah, that de Chatelet's a right twat in it, basically. Yeah. But, you know, Boyev kind of stepped up as, from being assistant manager, took over as caretaker, didn't he, and, and had a good spell there, as, you know, stuck with, yeah, then stuck with them and took them up. Yeah, it's proper 2000s football manager midfielders, because uh, Johnny Jackson's still his assistant, isn't he, as well? <laughs> uh, 
looking at the games, it's been four one two one two most of the time. So they play they play a diamond, which I'm not. I don't think we've come up against a diamond with with our formation yet. I just shudder whenever I think about the diamond. It reminds me of the early Chilino games. Yeah, like Hockaday with Bianchi Green. Oof. Yeah, it wasn't great, oh. was it? No. Uh, they, theirs is weird because they have been playing with like a proper DM and a number 10. Uh, but the standouts for them so far, Lyle Taylor's got five goals already. And Lyle Taylor has six caps, one goal. Have you any idea what country? Ooh, six caps, one goal. You gonna, it's going to end up in something like Curacao. It's not the worst shout. Go on. Montserrat. Ooh, well, there you go. So if he ever plays in Premier League, I think he'll be the second one after Rule Fox. Yes. Uh, uh, but he, he's got five goals. I think two of them have been penalties, off the top of my head. Uh, but we've also got a 19-year-old centre mid called Connor Gallagher, who's got three goals from central midfield. Yeah. Who I've never seen play, but seems to be having a good season. Uh, I think I had him going down in my predictions, if I remember rightly. But then on the, sort of the last four days of the window, they signed a fair few. Including, like, they got um, Sam Field on one from West Brom and Jonathan Lecco as well. And Lecco's rapid. Mm. Like, he, he'll be really useful. But on the flip side, they also have Jason Pierce at centre back. Oh, my favourite. So, uh, I'll be nice and say, I think he can be got at. I fucking hate Jason Pierce. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, the nicest way to put that. Connie was, a, Connie was always a big fan because he was a, very much a, a workman of a central defender. But. I hated Jason Pierce with a passion. I thought he brought Tom Lees down to his level. Yeah. Uh, he did not know how to deal with anyone going past him other than hauling them down. It was such a liability giving away free kicks and penalties. Yeah, I remember we always just used to be shouting, keep your hands down, keep your hands down every time a ball went in box. Uh, and, like, and yes, he could win a header. I think because I think Jason Pierce was the original magic hat, wasn't he? I think you know. I think he. I think he got that because that was about the only thing you trusted him to do. Yeah. But you know, that, again, it's there's a couple of decent players there, but this even in their position, you'd think we should be coming away with a couple of goals from this. Yeah, it's one of them where when you look at the squad on paper, this should this should be much easier than Derby, but I don't think it will be. Hmm. Because they are they are playing really well. For them to be in this position already is is really good going. Uh, but we've already got done by one of the teams that have been lucky statistically. We'd have to be unlucky to have it happen again. So I'm going to say we win. But Taylor does score goals, so I'm going to say I'm going to say three one on this one because I think they will get one. I'm going to say two one. Yeah, it should be. I think we should be winning this. What do you think? Uh, what sort of reception do you think Lee Boyer gets? It's at their place, so it won't be as much as the one at Ellen Road. But I think he'll get a good one. For the most part, I think just about everyone's forgiven him for the way he left. Yeah, I think it's one of those where enough time has has definitely passed now. But enough people have gone back and watched the season review DVDs and gone, "God, he was fucking good, wasn't he?" Oh man, that man in the Champions League was a beast. Yeah, there, there was there was one season there where he was the best English midfielder. Oh, if he could have got his ducks in a row, yeah, he would have been a great player to have for England. Yeah, a couple of days later, Tuesday, first of October, day after, there's a reason why the holiday is Sunday to Sunday. It's so I don't miss any home games. 
Uh, where this in on paper, this should be the toughest game and the biggest one. Whether it will be or not remains to be seen. But West Brom at home, first of October, they're sixth with thirteen from seven. They're the only unbeaten side left in the championship. Uh, they pretty much, they've been playing four two three one every week. These, unlike Charlton, who are like not a great squad but doing better, these have got a good squad. Yeah, I know a couple of players, a couple of players left over the summer, but it's still, like you say, a very, very good team. Obviously, they lost a lot of goals because if you lose Jay Rodriguez and Dwight Gale, yeah, I mean, still they're looking at those those three strikers you've got down there: Charlie Austin, Zahor, and Hal Robson Kanu in the championship. Good options. Yeah, uh, last year they had. Really good defensive options. They're still good options this year, but they've lost a few. Like Craig Dawson's gone to Watford. Adam mm. Bayo hasn't come back. But Sam Johnston in goal, still a good keeper. That Darnell Furlong from QPR, he looked like being good. Semi Ajayi, who signed from Rotherham, who, when I found out it was one and a half million, I would have been all right with us giving him a go. We were very briefly linked with him in the summer, weren't we? But it never... It never went past beyond a rumour. He wouldn't get in our team, but I think he'd have been a decent backup option. Yeah. Still got Kyle Bartley, Kieran Gibbs will play left back, and they've still got Hagazi as well. And uh, they've got an 18-year-old defender called Nathan Ferguson, who's apparently very good. I've never seen him play, but just from reading. That's that's where, that's where all this falls down, is the reading. Yeah, the, the two in midfield, who, just because I like the way it sounds, I'm going to say the double pivot. Uh, J- Jake Livermore and Romain Sawyers Romain Sawyers is a really good player as as much as I'm not a fan of Jake Livermore again a good player to have in the championship yeah Li- Livermore's good I think Sawyers range of passing is fantastic he's another one who was really cheap he was like two and a half million but he is a West Brom lad and he, ne- he didn't really want to go anywhere else so no one else was ever getting him uh, they've yeah. also got that Rakeem Harper who's a good young midfielder as well who could back them up the three attacking mids that Grady Dean Garner who played he played like 14, 15 games for West Ham last season. They got him in on loan. He's got three goals already. Matt Phillips is a good player. Mateus Pereira, who obviously won with a name like Mateus Pereira, better be a world beater. But uh, apparently he's been good on loan from Sporting Lisbon. And that and Philip Kravinovic on loan from Benfica. And then the strikers we mentioned. So the, the front four... Although I don't think it's quite as strong at centre-forward as it was last season, the actual four is pretty strong. Yeah, um, you know, I've always been a fan of Matt Phillips from, uh, you know, for four or five years now. A, a big lad, but still pacey, strong, uh, very good option to have as an attacking midfielder. Without wanting to be all partridge, has a foot like a traction engine. Yes. You know, like you say, good. It's very good. Good options there for the championship. Yeah, obviously, uh, I'd take uh, if if everything went great. It'd be nice if we could have a repeat of last season's home game against West Brom. One 0 up after thirty seconds. Yeah, I think it was sixteen. One. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that'd be a really good one. But uh, what do you reckon? I, d- I dare say, I dare say that they're not going to try that chip ball out to the wing this time. Yeah, aim a chip ball straight at Cooper. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is a draw. I'm gonna say one one. Uh I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they're still unbeaten by the time they get to play us. And no, I'm not gonna look up who they're playing. Uh I'm gonna say they're still unbeaten and we inflict their first defeat with a two 0 win. I like it, I like the confidence. And then finally, fifth of October, uh we we maybe could have got one in before this, 
But after that, is the inter- after this game, I think is an international break. So we'll probably have like a three week gap before we're back. But you know, what matter? Fortunately, as everyone knows, there's a million podcasts now. So <laughs> leave them want, leave them wanting more. Leave them wanting meh some. <laughs> uh, Saturday, Solid half hour. <laughs> Saturday, fifth of October. Millwall away. Fucking Millwall. They're 15th at minute, 9 from 7. They've played 4-4-2 a couple of times, 5-1 a couple of times. I would expect it to be 4-5-1 against us. And it'll be Matt Smith up front. Aww. Launching balls at him. Imagine having that, especially if you're looking for a goal in the last few minutes and you've got Jake Cooper and Matt Smith up front, essentially just pinging balls at those two. You know what? Their, their squad's note to write home about. I'm just going to say now, I think we lose 2-1, Smith and Jake Cooper with... <laughs> Matt, Matt Smith and Jake Cooper with headers from set pieces. <laughs> we, we are not equipped to deal with this. <laughs> Bielsa must look at these teams and just think, that surely this isn't allowed. Why Why are people brought up to play this way? Yeah. But I honestly, I've, I've got a bad feeling about that one. I think we'll get beat. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and be optimistic. I'm going to say it's going to be a scrappy 1-0 win. I would, oh God, I'd snap your hand off for that. <laughs> yeah, like you say, it's you're not hiding anything, are you? When you're bringing in Matt Smith as as your first choice striker, no. And I mean, they've got Tom Bradshaw as well, who's a bit more of a. I mean, obviously they've got they've lost Lee Gregory this season, but he's their Lee Gregory type, the one who'll do the running. But they've also got that uh, John Daddy Bodvarson, who was at Reading. And he's a he's a yeah. big guy that you can knock long balls up at as well. You know, pass circles around as this team. Yeah. Now, uh, the I suppose the main thing to come out of that is so we've Derby at home, Charlton away, West Brom at home, Millwall away. How many points would you consider a good return? Twelve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would not be bad. Um, I tell you what, I think if we. If we got eight from that, if you come out from those four games unbeaten and get eight points, two wins and two draws, I, that's not bad. I was going to say the same, to be honest. I was going to say eight, eight, and that, eight or nine is fine. Yeah. If you get more than that, I think it's really good. Like if you get if you get ten from that, that's yeah. a really good run of form. You know, I think you look at especially the between the West Brom and, and Millwall games, where West Brom, I think. It, are a very good team. I think that's going to be a very competitive game. And Millwall's just, it's never a good place for us to go. No. It's just somewhere where we always struggle, isn't it, no matter what. Like, I mean, last year we did manage to get a one all, but it was Jack Harrison in, like, the 89th minute, wasn't it? Yeah, that was one of the brief periods he played up front, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if we... Yeah, eight points would be a nice return. I'll go with that. Yeah, well... Okay, so we've got through that a decent click, actually. Uh, unless you've got anything major to add, that'll be us done for a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm just sorry, I'm just having a look now at the... I've already started work on the 05-06 uh, Lone Player of the Year article, which, looking at it, is probably going to be a very short article. Because we didn't have as many loanees as I remember, or because they all played, like, three games? I think we only had one. <laughs> That can't I be think right. it might. I'm looking at the squad. <laughs> uh, oh no, sorry, two. Ah, We're well, two. then that that's in, that's fine then. 
You can stretch that out. I, I, I need to see, not to spoil anything, but how many games did Danny Graham play for us? Three. Brilliant. Solid three. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a look, and I think you're right. It is two. <laughs> oh, well. This is all to... Th- this is all because the 0607 season will have loads. It's the uh, quiet before the storm. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, it's fine. You can just uh, stretch it out by talking about some people that got loaned out. Hang on, let's have a look. Matt, one of my boys, Matt Spring, I think, was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, on the same... <laughs> Sorry, looking at the, again, looking at this list. Matt Spring was loaned out. The other two to go out were Justin Bowler and Brenton Lester. Right, I don't even remember who Brenton Lester is. I do remember yeah. Justin Bowler. I think Brenton Lester was a left back. Yeah, do you know what? Uh, do you know Justin Bowler's brother? No, Tom. God's sake, <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> I'll use I'll use that to pad out the article. Cool. Uh, speaking of articles, if anyone wants to write anything for it altogether, do get in touch. I've I've said before that there is no way. Of re- there's no one with massively out there opinions at the minute, but if you think that there's a certain player who should be getting way more game time, out like that, if there's a, if there's a strong opinion that you want to vocalise, we, I, I'm more than willing to put stuff out there. I think you uh, will be your soapbox. <laughs> yeah, we we will give you a box to stand on because uh, I uh, I I think that the I see a lot of things on Twitter that are really good ideas but they don't really get stretched out and if if anyone at any point wants to write anything by all means get in touch tweet us at thiu it's all lufc or at mighty whites pod and i'll go from there oh uh speaking of twitter really i should i should have done this at the beginning but to be honest i uh i didn't think at the time uh but i did you see the news casey uh simon stevens Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, uh, every, everyone who listens to this will, well, almost everyone will have a Twitter account, so they'll know at Wacko. Uh, you yeah. know, used to re- retweets a million things. I'm not. I'm not going to suddenly pretend that like he's someone that I know personally or anything because I don't. I didn't. I didn't know him, but you know, he was very, very active on Twitter, and he always, if someone did something to put it out there. He was always someone who would retweet it and put it out to a bigger audience. And he had like 17,000 followers or something. Mm. Uh, but when we first started the podcast, he was one of the people who first sort of got us out there a little bit. Yeah. And always, as well as as well as well retweeting a lot of stuff, it would always is always willing to have a discussion about something as well on Twitter, which is always quite nice. Yeah, he did. I mean... I know that. I mean, sometimes I know he did rub some people the wrong way and stuff like that. But you know, I think everything he did, he did because he liked talking about Leeds United. A Leeds United fan, yeah, rubbing another Leeds United fan the wrong way. Yeah, but like he, he was from from everything I could piece together, it was a nice guy. And the people who know him personally have been all over Twitter saying what a nice guy he was. Uh, so. It's. I mean, I I don't know exactly what happened. I've seen on Twitter some people saying he had a heart attack or whatever. I don't know. It's not my place to know. But you know, it's a it's a real shame that the. But he's uh, he's passed away and he was a. You know, everyone who was a Leeds fan who was on Twitter will have had something to do with him. And yeah. uh, the trust of 
asked if everyone could sing, make sure we sing We Are Champions, Champions Eel up in 54th minute in, in memory of him on Saturday. Yeah, a so, fitting gesture. So I think, I think that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, that's, that but sounds yeah. great. As I say, normally I would have done that at the start, but I'll be honest, I just didn't think to do it at the start. So it's a bit of a down way to do it. I'm glad that I, I'm glad I did plug stuff before that because it'd be a real dick move to do it now. It would make you seem rather insensitive. Yeah, what going? Oh, he had the, he had all these followers on Twitter, and you can follow us. At... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be an arsehole thing yeah, to that, do. Yeah, but. Uh, now, I, as it happens, I have a beer in my hand. So, cheers, wacko. 